Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. So welcome to episode four of the Queen Divas Fitness Podcast. I'm super excited to jump on board, having missed you, Stephanie, last week. Oh, yes, I uh, missed you too. I've just, yeah, it was felt like a little weird now. I'm getting used to these. I know, <laughs> me too, me too. It was, I was missing something. There's a piece of my week gone. And, um, and forgive us, everyone, we've been laughing before we came on to this that I'm not necessarily the most tech savvy. I mean, I go okay, <laughs> but I'm struggling today trying to make sure that I'm recording and doing everything right because I am sans Christos. <laughs> Yeah, you guys know Crystal. If anybody has met Crystal, behind the scenes guy, you know, OCD, ladder, oh all yeah, all over everything, all the tech, all the technology. I mean, we oh. really, we're faces, okay? We really like to talk, and we like to <laughs> obviously communicate with we're one talking another. Heads. Talking heads, yeah. and he's all the cords that come in between, right? Um, it carries the same. I feel the same. Like Kim and Carrie, right? Like just connect so much. So for those that don't know, Carrie is my husband and Christos is hers. So and it's, well, and it's going to be because that is definitely in the works. The men oh, behind the scenes, right? The, the men behind the talking heads. How funny. Yeah. And, um, and as you can see by my background today, people, this is my very first on the road recording. And there's going to be many of these for both of, of us course. because- you know, as everyone is aware, we are we have pretty crazy, hectic schedules to see us across gallivanting across the countryside and the globe. Normally. So where are you right now, Ali? Where are you? So at the moment I'm in Melbourne and I am in the basement and Kerry would love this place of the most amazing <laughs> garage that has stupid, ridiculous million dollar vehicles everywhere. It's um, pretty <laughs> phenomenal. If anyone's seen my recordings in my studios, this has been my office every morning for the last week and a bit. So you would have seen me and no, I'm not just trying to, you know, be flash and show off with a expensive car, like some influencer in the background. I'm legitimately just standing in the middle of like a million of these things. So it's like, they're in the background, no matter where I go. <laughs> I've thought about that a couple of times. I've been posting them. I'm like, man, I look like such a, one of those wannabe influencers. But, um, <laughs> wait, wait, so are you in an Airbnb? Is this Airbnb? No, this is actually um, a really good friend of the family who own this whole, they're, they're Australia's largest or second largest. I think retailer of um, secondhand vehicles, but they do all the prestige, high end. Like I'm talking the exotic big, cars, big dollar exotic cars. Like you know, yeah. there's a, there, there is actually a couple of million dollar cars sitting up there. Like it's crazy. Oh. I'm like, I don't even go to India. I'm like, I don't want to breathe on you because I can't <laughs> afford you. <laughs> I can't even afford one payment on you. Like, that's crazy. Hey, we could dream though. We could dream. I think that those are, those are good. Motivation. Absolutely. I think being yeah. surrounded around it should get some, yeah. some maybe new cars in the works that you're going to want oh, in the future. Look, it gives Christos way too many ideas. And I'm like, look, we're about the family car right now. So let's just not go there just yet. So you can to upgrade to a Q8. So I hear you. I mean, yeah. I, I understand. So I guess because we have um, missed last week, I said to Steph when we were offline bantering that we would start the session with our ritual of the, you know, highlight of the week, gratitude of the week, direction of the week. But instead of just doing for this week, we'll also just give just a recap on the highlight of the week that was seeing as we've missed this time with one another. So Steph, what was your highlight of last week? And I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be the Super Bowl, but if not, enlighten me. You know, it's funny, you know, I, I grew up, you know, obviously, you know, being a sports fanatic, but football was never something that I had a sport that I, well, I mean, I'm sorry, a team that I've 
felt um, connected with because I was a Raiders person. I mean, you have to, any Raiders lovers or fans out there, no, it's been a struggle. It's been a really hard, long struggle for our team. And being from LA, you know, I think that's just a pretty typical uh, type of bandwagon. And I don't want to say bandwagon because I wasn't a football fanatic until <laughs> Carrie came along. Carrie came along. And I mean, he is probably yes. the biggest. And I mean that. I don't think I've met anybody else in the world that is uh, a bigger football fanatic than him. So he definitely converted me over into, you know, being more current with football and, but no, I didn't watch it. I was working. Sundays are my busiest days working with my clients plans, trying to make sure everything's on point for the week. Um, So I was actually glued in front of the computer on that day. I did you know, get the highlights from Carrie running into the office uh, <laughs> and letting me know what Tom Brady was doing. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was honestly not the Super Bowl. It was my Costco grocery haul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was honestly the highlight of my week for anybody that's cooped up in the house and just trains from home, works from home, being able to go out, whether if that's a dinner date or a grocery or haul. Like Costco. Costco. <laughs> Costco was definitely the highlight of the week. And it's, uh, I guess it's pretty miraculous what happens when you go to Costco because it, you, you're doing wholesale, right? Like you're buying so many things at once. So the price could get pretty hefty, pretty easy. But then you run into other things like we walked out with the freaking 75 inch TV. Like who does that? Like, come on. <laughs> like, but it was because of the Super Bowl, actually. <laughs> so you go to Costco, you stock up on the goods. Gary comes home with the Super Bowl session. I yeah. love it. That sounds yeah. so, so appropriate. And definitely, definitely American. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> American. <laughs> highlight or maybe a challenge you face this week? Uh, you know, it was more so last week than this week. I feel so much better this week because last week was period week for me. And I, any yeah. people listening to this understands it is a struggle to you know, get your workouts in, be mentally positive, uh, fight the fatigue. So yeah. it was more of like just really trying to get through it, you know, trying to get through the the week. And I just put on my survival hat and hope for the best. (laughs) Yeah. It was just, you know, more PMSing. Like it was just severe cramps. It was just one of those months that hit me a little harder than others. And I think that was why I kind of felt uh, off the grid even, you know, I just get more into, you know, more of my errands and I get really back to back and uh, social media is the last thing, honestly, on my totem pole, which is probably a bad thing is one of my things I need to move up the totem pole. But, you know, on that week, I definitely, definitely felt I needed a a little little more recovery which was needed and this week I'm coming out of it I feel so much better I am starting to get you know obviously my energy back uh sleep as well you know obviously the PMS symptoms are all have subsided uh so yeah that was my struggle I think that's the same boat for a lot of women on a daily daily basis or monthly basis right yeah what about you I love the fact you that you actually raised that because we're going to come back and loop back to this because our whole topic of the conversation for today's podcast is around you know, the difficult conversations, the things you find that are a struggle, some of the common pitfalls that we've had some of our, you know, listeners and even our own, you know, perhaps coaching clients or, or clients that have come to us that have had previous issues pre, um, prior to us. We're going to delve into that. And, you know, cycle discussions can be a really tough one for some people. So we'll touch on in on this later. But for me, highlight of my week last week, which was also double-edged sword, right? It was the pitfall. It was the thing that gave me no voice for the whole freaking week was that, you know, for everyone that's been tuning in knows I'm, I'm been doing acting in 2020 um, and hoping to obviously take this sort of, you know, as just another feather in my cap, another thing that I do. Um, 
my whole goal though with it is to move into something you know sort of more tv and presentation orientation right but i but i'm i'm a whatever girl i'm just i'm open to whatever i say yes to everything and i'm just letting all the opportunities you know fall where they may so i said yes again to being called back to um, one of the big projects i was working on in 2020 it was another call and then i got called back again actually on tuesday we'd already left early morning tuesday morning so what had happened on Monday was I was 12 hours at set, didn't leave till after midnight. There was rain involved. It was a very, it was a big scene, a really big scene, lots of takes, lots of angles being taken. And we had like this main sort of feature bit that was coming through. So we kept having to be pulled back through, no downtime, but you're wearing a mask the whole time. So you COVID tested every two days on set. So we were kind of, so I definitely didn't have COVID, even though when we were traveling to Melbourne, you could just see all these people looking at me like, hmm. This he must have it <laughs> because I'd have like a cover and have like oh my god it was so <laughs> funny and I felt so bad you know you just have that little moment of just I'm so embarrassed right now because I'm actually fucking coughing and I shouldn't be embarrassed about coughing but you do because you just feel everyone looking at you burning eyes like she's got the vid people so, oh, like, oh look I got I got a stare down I was oh my god so I had an itchy throat like right now I'm dealing with a lot of allergies yeah. Yeah. And God forbid you sneeze or, you know, you yeah. cough because I know give you the death stare. It the is worst, crazy. the worst. So, <laughs> so what happened was you're breathing in and out of this mask and it's one of those ones that are the medical related and, you know, it's carbon monoxide, basically they'll re they'll refresh you, but it's not always fast enough. And you just all, all of us in this one pod for the, for the scene, we're all experiencing We're all starting to get itchy and scratchy and by the end of the night, I sort of sent um, Christmas message, poor guy, he was already in bed fast asleep by the time I got home. I'm like, baby, I'm like, my throat's going, oh, anyway, woke up on the Tuesday morning. We only got four hours sleep. I'd had about three or four nights leading into that night where I'd had compromised sleep because I was running through end of semester exams for my postgrad. So, you know, long days, long nights, study, a little bit of stress and yeah, it just hit me. So I think being that little bit more exposed, lower immunity, just my whole throat went. And so I was not sick. There was no symptoms anywhere else, but I'd get this dry cough and this itchiness and it lasted all week. And then literally I had no voice guys. So we were due yeah. to do the podcast recording last Friday. I couldn't get on. I'm messaging Steph and Kerry going, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I can't, I couldn't even do my coaching calls. I was honestly on struggle street. So anyway, got better. So that's great. My, I'm grateful for my health and I'm grateful for the fact that I've got a voice and I, can just blast everyone with my, you know, constant non-stop <laughs> chatter again. Poor bastards, I'm so sorry for everyone losing me. And um, the challenge of this week, actually, uh, which is a flip side, because I take the positive in anything. I'm that annoying optimist. You know, glass is always half full, plenty of room to fill it with some more good shit. And, um, you know, we just had, we're in Melbourne. It's been great. Nick's been doing fucking amazing. Oh, how his, amazing though. His match, hey, his match on that. <laughs> was, yeah, his match not last night, night four last was just, it was ridiculous. It was so good. But you know what the media can be like? We had this just shit storm where he's done his usual thing on the court, blasted out. And the irony of it is, right, is that they don't know the full story. They don't know what's going on, but they look at the box and they go, oh, one plus one equals five. It's got to be about oh. her. It made this big deal about me and the media and it had nothing to do with me. And it was just so funny because we all, we all know what's going on. The, the people right. inside the the unit, the net, the yes. unit. yeah we, we all know so I just laughed it off but I just got harassed for two days solid calls and people wanted me to go on channels and interviews and all this kind of crap and I'm like I just I just ignored everyone because I'm I'm of that mindset that did, why did they make something up that you're like a mistress or something or no what, what no 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 it was, it was <laughs> a, a typical a typical Nick moment and and everything gets directed like at and toward the box 
and there was a statement about a girlfriend component that they thought was about me because I was the only chick in there they thought could have been girlfriend of Christos and they made this big thing about me and Christos and then it got even funnier because the, then they start chasing us with the media right Christos does this thing where you know what Christos is like so anyone that knows Christos knows this is a joke but the media kept harassing him. So he turns around and goes, yeah, I'll give you an interview for $20,000. Knowing that if you put out a ridiculous sum, they'd back off and just stop falling, right? Because he was getting harassed. Anyway, so then they did a big story about him being, who does he think he is demanding 20 grand? Like, this is just what it's like. So again, you just laugh at it, right? And we just did. We just laughed at it. And we know what the go is. And anyone that knows Christos knows that he was just, he was just joking to get these people to stop calling him but anyway so we face that the positive side of it though was that hey look you know what it was a really great um there was some really great exposure that came out of it even though because at the end of it all Nick's like you silly people this was not about Chris Oswald Alley at all and so he did he did like a statement about it and then we ended up having this really lovely article written all about my business and our coaching and our clients and it was a really nice. positive one so so this is where I kind of went hey it's one of those situations where even in challenge sometimes as long as you face it with the right attitude and you don't I think if you just don't take a lot of things to heart right you don't care about what other people are saying because it's all white noise if you know what's going on and what's real and what's not then I think at the end of the day your response to something elicits the reaction and I'm, I'm highlighting this for two reasons because I think a it's relevant because it was a big part of our week but I had a really positive outcome out of it. So I don't feel negative about it at all. Um, but then also it's, it's relevant because it shows that when you're in a situation where, you know, feedback might be being given from the point of, you know, a coaching relationship, it's your response to something and the way that you um, choose to receive that information that can dictate how the outcome comes out, right? It could be something, it could be something that could be really beautiful and positive at the end of it if you receive it and then transmit back in the right way. So I find that in situations, you know, instead of just automatically taking something and feeling a certain thing about it and sitting inside of that feeling is a really great way to go. Okay. Well, the initial feeling might be this, but what else is there in here for me? And what's really great about this and looking for, you know, maybe the learning or something else in that process. And if you don't immediately respond and you don't emotionally react to something and instead you allow, you know, a little bit of time and space and, and an opportunity for growth inside of whatever that little moment of tension might be. I've always found personally in my experience that the outcomes are, are freaking amazing. And they're oftentimes, you know, a really beautiful, positive end product. Even if sometimes there isn't a moment of challenge or, or self, um, you know, even a bit of a self um, development process in it where you've had to bite a tongue or not react and, or, or even if it's just that you've had to swallow a hard pill that maybe you've done yes. something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. So all these things I think loop in. So, and, and this is a situation that's not even relevant to a coaching relationship per se, but it is relevant in the sense where it's indicative of how I've learned to deal with situations. And I think that is important as an athlete, as a, you know, partner, as a public profile, if that's what you are, or as a coach, right? Yeah. Being able yeah. to have these conversations and internal reflections are really important. 
I think what you just said there was really important. You know, it's, it's emotion that comes whenever you get anything said to you, whether if it was towards you personal, um, might've not even been about you, but you took it to heart, you know, you took it to heart. It's personal to you. So there is some type of trigger points, which is actually one of the things that, you know, I think is what we're leading into, right? Like some of those topics that are so, so difficult to talk about. Um, but it is an emotional thing. Like you react through emotion, but what you allow yourself to take a moment to really rethink and process, like you said, um, what actually is happening? How can I use this? Mm. You know, is it good for me? Does it service me? Then you can actually take it as constructive criticism in a way, right? Like, or actually use it um, to your advantage. In your case, obviously you came out with something that was obviously true, but you still got exposure. actually an amazing outcome and you know what was really lovely too actually it opened up dialogue even you know with Christos and I with Nick where you know like the minute that it all went down it happened which we didn't we weren't even really sort of aware of it until after the game you know Nick's first thing was immediately messages me and Christos going hey you know I really need you guys to know this was nothing at all like they've they've painted this picture and I don't want you guys getting upset and Ali I don't want you being upset or hurt by this because it wasn't about you and I'm like God, I love you. You know, like this. So for this our is, listeners, this just sorry to off, Ali, but for anybody that doesn't know, up from America's side, <laughs> Nick, uh, you know, just my brother-in-law. Yes, my brother-in-law yes. is Nick Kyrgios, the tennis player, and he is. Uh, freaking amazing um I, <laughs> tennis player <laughs> he, is, he is freaking amazing like he's he's honestly he's the perfect blend of freakish talent and hard work a and professional athlete that's worldwide I think he's great athlete yeah and and you know look people people want to stereotype him and box him and I've known him since he was 17 gangly not cool not even in the top 200 <laughs> I think at the time and now you know he's a, a pin-up boy and the poster boy of tennis and in most women's case just poster boy for life <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so no but, this is this, yeah this yeah, is important so, for the yeah, listeners it is. don't know because I think in Australia he, everybody knows who Nick is there, yeah 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 uh, but not here yeah 100% 100%. Well, I think most people are, have heard something at some point because he's known as being a bad boy, but he's really not. He's, a, he's an absolute sweetheart. And this is why, you know, I think again for our listeners, you know, it's just nice to know that um, the, the type of kid that he is, is, you know, his first thing was to reach out and message us and be like, hey, look, I really need you guys to know. And I really want Ali to know that this, um, you know, this wasn't about her. And I'm like, you don't even need to say that to me. Like, I already know because A, I'm not a girlfriend. I haven't been for three and a half years. But B, I, you know, like we're seeing him every day. We're in the house. I'm like, we stayed up. Christmas and I were cooking him dinner after that match until 2 a.m. Like, yeah, I, I don't need that. I don't need that because I already know, you know, and this is where I was saying um, it's how you're receiving information. But again, this was just another perfect example of where that situation opened up this beautiful dialogue for, you know, just a really lovely transaction of what our relationship is, which is, you know, solid. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and you know, super cute too. Because the very next thing, the very next day, the first thing Neil does on the phone to me and Christos is, so I think November's going to be a nice month. And we're like, Christos goes, yeah, okay. Well, what, Mum? She's like, for the wedding. That's, that's, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's where I'm headed. That's I think that was a situation where she's conversation like, is uh, <laughs> so the wedding. Oh, so <laughs> funny. But you can clearly think that she's been thinking man she's been she's not been the girlfriend for like forever where is this even gone people like it was so funny but again look it does open up platforms i know this is kind of off the topic but what you were just saying there are a lot of people just think that you have to be married to be labeled as together which marriage is obviously part of it but you know honestly like you could be together and you know actually have a successful relationship 
it is a label, you know, it does yeah, I'm not exactly. it doesn't get better once you do get married because it does. I, mean, I, I didn't think it would, but it does. Um, but it, I mean, at the same time, nothing really changed except, like I said, maybe more internally yeah, and yeah, yeah, knowing yeah, that yeah. connection might yeah. get even deeper. Um, but like where you're at like, and I'm watching, to be honest. You, guys, you guys are building up your empire, building up your careers, your businesses. And that's really what matters. And that's more than a freaking Oh my God, to be completely you know? honest with you, darling, like, I, I feel like we're married. I feel like we've been married for seven years. Of course. Fine. Who cares? Like, I really yeah. don't. And the irony of it is that former, former me, maybe a decade ago, would have felt, um, you know, different about that situation. Would have been like, oh, well, my God, why are we not married? Like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with you? Like, we should have done this by now. Right. I'm so not like that at all. It's such a that's very society, though. It's that we'll talk about that in a completely different podcast. Yeah, that's a different, we can that's talk a about that for an hour. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> the context of this is just showing if you remain in a space of you know curiosity if you remain in a space of you know um unattached to emotion i think in any conversation that could be you know trepidous um you can really have some great outcomes so the reason that we're having this conversation is because you know i think as coaches and as people even that we're, where we've been coached over the years um and you know i think dealing with difficult conversations on a daily basis is just it's commonplace for us yeah. we see a lot of the situations where people don't necessarily get the best out of themselves or their scenarios or their goals because they're not necessarily being open right and so you know I thought this would be a really great topic for us to talk about because it's it's all of the things that you probably could and should or maybe don't know how to approach if you are struggling with some of these things in a coaching relationship or even in a, you know, a close relationship, a partnership with someone that are important to get the most out of that relationship, right? <laughs> As coaches, every single coaching conversation is different, right? Different client, different context, different topic, every single time. So no two are the same, but there are still a similar blueprint to the things and the construct of those conversations that I think should be carried through no matter what, right? And for our listeners, we've had some really interesting topics raised. <coughs> Forgive me, this bloody throat still. About the things that they find difficult. Now, Steph, have you had some of your listeners, you know, sort of send through stuff that they were like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. <laughs> like, this is, this is such a good topic just because I think we all have topics that are very sensitive to talk about. Mm -hmm. And depending on who it is that you're talking to, whether if it's a partner, your coach, your mother, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. It's very hard sometimes to surface these things because what you're trying to do is dig up a lot yeah. of emotions, a lot of uh, trigger points, like I was kind of getting at, is something may trigger you, something may uh, surface a previous trauma, uh, maybe something that was a bad habit. Like it's really difficult sometimes to be honest with yourself and talk to yourself and call yourself out. I think it's kind of really calling out your bullshit, really. That's really what it comes down to and trying to really cut out the lies that you tell yourself on a daily basis before you even talk to somebody else. It's right. what we tell ourselves. And that's really where that story first starts is yeah. what am I telling myself? And that lie then translates into what I'm believing. I'm starting to make myself believe this lie. And once you really break that first, you're able to then really communicate with somebody without defending yourself and thinking that the whole conversation is defense, right? Like, but, 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 but no, but this is my excuse. So it's more about really trying to find what is it that I can't talk about that I feel uncomfortable 
really uncomfortable talking about because that's the shit that you need to really dig up. I think too, you just hit the nail on the head where you talked about, you know, the but, 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 but. To me, that's always an indication that there's no 90-10 going on. What I mean by 90-10, it's a principle that I like to use where I talk about it being 90% listening and listening to listen. (laughs) And listening to understand, not just hear, right? Like you have two ears, oh, yeah. that's mm-hmm. two versus that one mouth. So you should be more time spent here, right? And it's about thinking when you're getting this information, not just, okay, well, she's attacking me or he's attacking me or this viewpoint's coming at me, at me. Instead going, okay, well, where does that sit against what I'm thinking? Why is that different to where I'm, you know, sort of going with, with, you know, my view on this? Why, where's the disconnect or is there, you know, a reason for this? And, you know, trying, like I say, to understand, I always try to do that wherever I can leading into the coaching component of a conversation. So I've got all of the information to equip myself to apply, you know, what I think might help someone. But also because I just genuinely want to act with curiosity, as I said before, about what is it? What's actually going on? What are the real parameters for this? Is it actually physiological versus psychological? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Are there triggers going on? Is someone stopping themselves because of a limiting belief versus it's the food that they think? Like whatever it is, right? That's the way that I'm approaching it. And I think you're so right because how often do you have it with someone where they're or you can see they're already like thinking about what to say back to you, not listening to anything that you're actually saying or cutting off to drive home a point, but they're not really analyzing, you know, an opposing view or perhaps even understanding why something might be being done or not even maybe even asking the questions. So my that first is, thing would be question, 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 whether you are on the coachy end or you are the coach rather than driving home content question be curious get in and about and like treat someone no matter how long you've been with them for as a partner or working with them for as a coach like you've just met them like you know fucking nothing about them because whatever that situation's going on for them which oftentimes steph you know this topic a will come up Topic A is not even the problem. Topic A is what they're projecting it onto, but Z and Y over here are the things driving said A. So it's about going, all right, you're telling me this, and on the surface that looks right, but when I come over here and pull a thread and all this shit unravels in between, okay, we actually find out what's really going on is you've got an exam tomorrow and it's really fucking you up. You're not so sure you're going to do great at it, and but you come over here and told me that it's about carbs. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm like looking bloated, but really, it's your stress levels. It's your your cortisol being really raised, or it's hormonal. It's like you were talking Uh about, right? Cycle, and the cycle then makes. Okay, so has anyone here listening to this? And please, you know, think about this as I'm 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 suggesting. And if you're not, for God's sakes, download an app and start bloody recording it. When you record your symptoms on your cycle, cycle is a big thing. Females talking to coaches. If you are not comfortable talking about your cycle, your bleeding, your poo samples. And everything in between, yeah. then you're in trouble. That's a combo, guys. You're not talking about coaching. You need, <laughs> I want to hear about your little flex and spicks and spacks and what the colors are and everything else. I want to know about your flow and I need oh, to know yeah. about everything in between because it's all relevant to what we're trying to do when we're looking at aesthetic outcome people. Um, you know, And also, if we're just trying to teach you about how not to freak out about fluctuations on a scale because they Amen. happen hormonally every oh my God, this, month. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> we can't help this. We believe. It's an effect of life, right? So hey, we're gonna fluctuate weight, we're gonna get moody, we're gonna exactly, cramp. Exactly, exactly. 
So in your in your app, if you've been noting these things, right, and I know I do, and, you know, for me, ovulation time, not even just at the end of cycle, but ovulation time can give me sometimes um, a slightly different mood or a slightly different thought process or a slightly different self-analysis. So, you know, like if my clients popped up and they've said the same thing for a few months in a row, but I'm noticing a trend, I can turn around and be like, hey, babe, you know what? It's not your mirror. It's not your eyes. And it's not the fact that you're fat because you're actually freaking not. You've said the same thing. If you haven't noticed, week. but I've noticed because I'm noting it, but around the yep. same time, every single month, we're having the same conversation where you're seeing yes. one thing, but it's not reality. So then exactly. you can have a completely different conversation with someone, right? But it takes someone being comfortable enough to have that conversation with you in the first place. Exactly. So I guess the first thing that I'd like to raise about this, which I think is key to any relationship, I don't care who it is, parent, sibling, lover, partner, husband, wife, coach, Honesty. Honesty and vulnerability should be your two biggest words in your vocabulary. If you want anything to be powerful, impactful, and successful, I don't care what it is, whether it's your body, your mind, or a relationship, they're the things, right? Honesty and um, 100% vulnerability. If you are not yet comfortable with vulnerability, that can be preventing you from having a conversation that could change your life. Hey, I've been there. I think that one's a tough one, Ali. I think vulnerability is one of the things that you you think is yourself as weak. You know, you look at yourself as a weak person. You think that you're you're not able to, you know, really, uh, you know, you're buckling under pressure. That's kind of like where you look at yourself as, right? And and I think that's really why being vulnerable is so powerful because then you can look at yourself from a, a, a place of compassion, a place of understanding, like you said, like what we're going through in our cycle, understanding our ovulation, you know, phase and the luteal phase versus, you know, obviously the actual, you know, ovulation phase is different. So yeah. you, you wanting to really understand your body, you got to understand your hormones. You got to understand what the female body is capable of doing and what it's going to do when you don't want it to anyways. Um, so it, it is very, very true. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be <laughs> honest and you've got to really be compassionate on these weeks yes, 100%, for yourself. 100%. 100%. The so, mirror just, you know, yeah. When we think about this, Steph, you know, for all of our listeners, because I want them to understand we're human. We've done some dumb shit, man. We probably do it on the daily still. And um, what's probably been your biggest thing when you think back on a situation with a coach that, Um, maybe you struggled with conversation wise, or maybe something, even if there's a scenario where you actually were capable of sitting in vulnerability and having a conversation that was like a bit of a holy crap moment, you know, or is it something that you haven't yet done, but you're working on it and it's a goal of yours to achieve it? You know, I think that's that self-discovery part that we're all evolving every single year. And every year I've had a breakthrough. And I think that every year I've had a struggle that has been different, whether if that was putting myself out there. I know that was my first struggle. I couldn't put myself out there. I was I was very shy. I still kind of am. People that know me know me understand that I do actually get shy. It's I'm outgoing once I'm out there but it is it yeah it is hard it's hard for me to get going and get out there and I think that's one of the things at the beginning in the beginning stage for social media uh it was difficult and that was one of my first breakthroughs was getting out there then secondly not caring what people think and I still think that that's one of the things that uh I still battle with just because we are such a different persona now with you know the evolving of the titles and now you do have such a big spotlight on yourself so I think that is probably one of my bigger challenges that still today um, I probably do battle with and I'll be honest like mm-hmm. uh, I think that 
sometimes spotlight can be, you know, a blessing, but also a curse, just kind of yeah. like social media. Yeah. Um, you're just always judged, you know, and I think yeah, that is something you have to overcome and really get out of your own head. Um, and that is conversations back to what I said earlier was you've got to talk to your own self before you can even talk to anybody else. Yeah, you I love can't that. really talk to yourself and say like, girl, this is where your freaking downfall is and you're fucking up. You got to cut this shit out. You know, you got to really, really find those things that you know you're failing at and you're lying to yourself saying excuses. There's this other thing that I'm too busy with. And it's really just the fact that you're just too lazy to do this because it's hard to overcome that obstacle. So it's more about really trying for myself um, to even more so not care, (laughs) but you know, everybody else thinks, I think it's harder than, you know, easier said than done. Um, but yeah, that, that is, you know, on my end and no, I haven't, I think, uh, communicated really with anybody else. I guess all of you now, um, (laughs) I love that though. I love that though, because you'll find that this is a really common theme. It was even for me. And I think, you know, that the, and I've talked about this on other podcasts and in other interviews that the moment where I felt like I stepped forward and it was an effortless process for me in so many facets of my life was the day where I went, what anyone thinks of me, no longer any of my business and in the fuck it bin, right? And I just was not going to care about it anymore. And you're so right. And that went along with too, I'm not going to worry about judgment if I say something that's authentic and from the heart because I'm going to feel better for having said it. I will gain something out of the back end, no matter what I'm receiving from it. And I'm going to choose to step forward better for it. Right. So probably an example, um, and this loops into what you were saying too, about showing vulnerability and about not being perfect and about sharing it regardless socially. And I did this. Everyone might have, that has followed me, have remembered a situation. I was in 2019. It was about May, June. I was actually in Sydney at the time for work with EHP. I was working with Ben Pikowski, BPAC, and I sent him a message and said, bro, we need to get on a Skype because, you know, you, everyone knows me. I'm a high energy, high, high octane. I'm, I, I don't have low days. I'm not someone that's historically, you know, had to battle with mental health issues from that perspective. Um, you know, I'm like anyone. I have days of lowered levels of energy and motivation. Absolutely. Definitely but I've never had like clinical depression or anything like that. I had to get on a call with him because I had full blown, I was getting worried that I was for the first time in my life getting depressed, but I knew myself well enough and could analyze like what was going on in my life and go, no, you know what? Like, I don't think it is because everything in life is good, you know? So I got on this Zoom call with him and then in the actual hotel room, I recorded myself and put it on social media and say, hey guys, look, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening because I was coming into a show which was actually a defending title, which I won. But I guess, you know, I had that moment of, you know, is this a thing for me? Is this something where I'm not even aware of it? And subconsciously, you know, I maybe have got stuff going on about the pressure of that, but it wasn't. So thank God what it turned out to be was, and I shared this too, and I'm sharing this for a reason, because I'm going to talk about shit next. So, <laughs> you know, here I am on this call with, with Ben and I'm going, Ben, look, you know, bro, I, I like, and he's like, he's been my idol for as long as I can remember, right? So he, I'm having, I'm having this, I'm having what would be classified as a, as a conversation about weakness, which m- mental weakness too, with a guy that I revered. Um, and and I was, if, I would never have done this with a previous coach ever because I was would never have had that conversation, wouldn't have felt 
like I could, but with him, I, I totally could. And the weird thing is, is that this is a guy that I full respected and was at the top of like this pinnacle for me, right? So anyway, I got on the phone call with him and I said, bro, look, this is what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm I'm not an emotional person in the sense where I don't get weepy and teary, but I'm feeling it. Like I've got no energy. I'm I'm just you're, sitting you're in this really you're like drain, oh, yeah. but semi almost dark space where I was like, no, no real yeah, like a depressing yeah. like a depressing place it was really which is, i think weird. is a really good topic to be able to you know touch on and we'll, yes. i think that that's actually something we will you know uh, discuss because yes. so many humans just in general uh deal with depression you 100%. know and i think that that is something you know 100%. mental health is such a such an important topic that we'll definitely circle back around in a future and you know, episode but yeah there is nothing wrong with it if you no. do and, and there is nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying, like I did, I didn't immediately. Yeah. I need help. Like what's going on? So anyway, we bantered backwards and forwards. We discussed all the physiological stuff. We discussed all the biofeedback. We ran through all the things. We had a really great coaching call. And at the end of it, I turned around to him and my view on it, because, you know, thank God, like I'm, I'm a completely established coach in my own right. So I could almost you know, process things for myself as well. But I, I, I've got that coaching relationship with him to use that for a reason. So we're bouncing everything off each other. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of the things and I'm doing I'm deeper into my meditation, deeper into my relaxation stuff. Like I was doing all the right stuff. And I said to him, so this, this is not right for me. And I said, there was something not right. I said, so I've had all my blood work done, showed him my panels. I went, you know, like my hormones are great. Like I don't understand this. My iron levels are good. I'm not low on iron. Like if there's a nutritionist, I'm going through all in here. And then I said to him, you know, I'm in a good place here. My relationship's great. Like my family's great. Like there was nothing going on, right? So I said to him, shit coming up go and have a shit test i said i'm going to my naturopath who's one of our experts that work with our team she's our, our exclusive naturopath i said i'm asking her for a stool sample because there was something not right and i i believe it's going to have to come from my gut but i need to have a test done so anyway, i went and did the test guess what fucking it was <laughs> i did not have depression and i was fine and i knew i was this was your gut was yeah up. your well, hey. then I had to give Ben another Zoom call and chat about my poo. It was so good, right? <laughs> so here I am then with this, like, you know, he's just this massive name and this massive profile. And anyone listening to this is going to be like, B-Pack and Ellie have talked about her shit. Great. <laughs> but look, but look what I find with this, you need to look, be able to have these conversations with your bloody coach people. It, so it look, not only not only talk about it, I think where you really hit it was the fact that you said, I could only talk to this to him there's yes. no other coach i previously could have ever been no, able to talk no, to no. so you have to be comfortable enough and to have a relationship with this coach to be able to know exactly. you can open exactly. this conversation exactly. Exactly. otherwise it's not going to be no. successful it's not going to be a successful no. conversation because you're not going to really dig in that there was, real the real exactly exactly there was him and Paolo that i talked about it with and that was it just those two people but it was ben that i initially raised it with because we were discussing all the stuff that was going on leading into, you know, that, that show. And anyway, it came back that what had happened was, this is just, it's so funny though, but I'm so glad that I'm so in tune with myself and beyond that grateful that I had no ego and I had no issue raising these things. Right. But it got, it got treated really quickly because I did this. So there is a big point to this. I did not procrastinate. I did not sit on something and I did not hide my vulnerability out of fear for shame and embarrassment and prevent my performance and success. I did not do those things. And I'm so glad I didn't because guess what it was? 
We'd been in Sri Lanka in February. I'd picked up a little thing that you do, you put little parasites and bugs in those sorts of countries, evolving countries. And anyway, I had low stomach acid at the time. It had then turned into a gut dysbiosis. I had major parasite overgrowth of one particular chain, which is so nasty that get this. My naturopath said to me, holy crap, Ellie, I know that you always do things to excess and you take everything to the highest limit you can. She goes, you've even done it when it comes to a bloody gut infection. She goes, this number is meant to be um, below 500. I had 25,000, 25,000. It was meant to be below 500, I had 25,000. She said to me, had I had continued untreated, that particular situation that was brewing and going on could have led to ulcers and cancer of my stomach. Cancer of my stomach. And second to that, long, long, long long-term systemic growth and overgrowth of these particular four different chains I had can lead to reproductive issues. Now, and is everyone listening to this? Like, wow, how do I have sat on something and swallowed my voice and been unable to communicate because I couldn't trust myself to know that something's wrong, to have that conversation and be open and be raw and be vulnerable and then share it with all of my social media with zero shits given about anyone having, you know, a thought process on it or an opinion. Um, I did that and I cleared my health within six weeks. And not only that, but I actually developed a way stronger and more robust microbiome and gut after mm-hmm. that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned so much and I took so much out of the power and the influence that can come from being in a raw and vulnerable state and in a really open dialogue with someone that was profound. And I have now, in, it, it, I took it into my own coaching. So I then started to proactively look for, and this is where I'm going to come into this, because I think this is important, the powerful seas of coaching the five powerful seasons of coaching but I took it into and I started to I would I would see things and I would hear things and I'd pick up on undercurrents with clients and I'd be like oi 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 and I'd start asking questions and it's just open-ended questions and really 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 powerful questions that allow for self-discovery they're curious questions that open a dialogue where the client can have a bit of an aha moment but they understand that you're recognizing something because you care And because you obviously know enough about them to pick up on something, right? So I started doing that. And then I started encouraging my clients. And then before you know it, I would be like, guys, don't sit on that. If we need to do a test on something, if you need to go shit in a cup, we're going to go do that, people. And there is nothing to be ashamed of because I've got to share my pictures with you. (laughs) Maybe not. But the point being, being, from those moments, great things come, right? So, you know, my biggest thing for our entire audience base here is don't be afraid to share your shit. (laughs) Like quite literally, Literally. figuratively and literally here, people. Share your shit. Share your shit. Get down, get nasty, get dirty, share it, open it up, let it all out because (laughs) on that note, if you don't know about stool and shit, (laughs) right? Like literally you've got to understand your gut to understand that you can be your own doctor when going to the bathroom. Okay. You can assess your stool every single time. And it's going to tell you a symptom that your gut is undergoing. If you're even going to the bathroom, I know some people that tell me they're like, it's been days. And I'm like, Oh God, this is, and this is like new, new starting clients that I've like immediately red flag, just like you said, like you've got to do all of these questions. It's not just what's your goal. You want to lose weight. You know, obviously you you want to gain some muscle. It's way more beyond that. It's more about your hormones, your sleep, your gut, even your mindset. If your mindset is not where it needs to be, you are going to be in a very bad place going into a diet. I mean, just let's um, let's have a look at that scenario for a minute with me, right? How do I have, how do I have been someone else? 
And I had been like, okay, well, I'm just depressed. I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to get depression mm-hmm. tablets. I'm going to go on tablets and it will be screwing up my microbiome differently, right? right? I'm going to then not treat something that's going to be systemic that will lead to greater internal issues. Mm-hmm. I'm then going to make that about me and say that I failed this. I failed this prep. I failed this process. I failed my coach. I'm a failure. Yeah. Wow. We tell when you just take that, everything I just said, and understand how quick of a succession those balls can roll into one another, which is what most people go through. What do I then do? Okay, well, I put it in the fuck it basket. It's too hard. I walk away from the whole experience. I still haven't treated my gut, still haven't treated my health, still haven't moved on from that situation. And then I just keep feeling worse and worse and worse. Then I'm eating and I'm in this abusive relationship with food and I'm then yo-yoing and then I'm hating on myself even more. Fast forward two years and I'm skinny fat or I'm just fat and I'm fucking miserable. And you've got fucked up liver and fucked up kidneys. I'm being so serious because if that's what you do with the depressants and all any other contraceptive, like that's absolutely. just kind of what happens. And, and, and then I don't understand like birth control and this will be another topic. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about out of this topic. podcast, you know, so it is definitely going to be a, a, you know, more, more secluded about, you know, cycle and about birth control and how all of that takes a you know toll into mm-hmm. our, you know, our mm-hmm. hormonal uh, balance. But it's more about really making sure that you do have way more in tuneness with your, yeah. your symptoms, just your everyday yeah. symptoms. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.